0: I'd like to welcome you to the official Prospect League podcast. I am your host, Ryan. Each and every week during the season, I'll be bringing you the latest news from around the league. I'll also be interviewing people involved with the league, including former Major League Baseball players. I have a lot in store for this season. I hope to bring a spotlight to the league and its historic past. First up, we have news. Prospect League in general has uh, quite a bit of news since uh, 2020 was not operational. We have four new teams, which now total 16 teams in the league. The Alton River Dragons, Burlington Bees, Clinton Lumber Kings, and the Johnston Mill Rats. I'd also like to note that Hannibal has moved to O'Fallon and uh, DuPage Pistol Shrimp have moved to the Illinois Valley. The Clinton Lumber Kings and the Burlington Bees were both minor league affiliates uh, with Major League Baseball, but because of the uh, realignment and the shift with the minor league baseball, eliminating several teams, they have now decided to join the Prospect League. So uh, the Clinton Lumber Kings date all the way back to 1937 and the Burlington Bees were a pretty uh, prolific uh, team as well within the Major League Baseball system. Because of the new teams, the Prospect League has had a realignment to two conferences and four divisions. There has been a change to split season format for standings and playoff qualification. The playoffs have changed to accommodate, you know, with an extra round. Pitch limit has changed to 95 pitches, which uh, was 85 pitches in 2019, which was the last season we operated. There's now a new 10-run mercy rule, which was uh, previously not in existence. There's also a new $20 million Loeb Stadium in Lafayette for the Aviators. Some of the teams have quite a bit of news here, and we will cover those uh, in no particular order. Uh, Starting with the Cape Catfish, the 2021 Cape Catfish are excited about bringing back the Prospect League 2019 Mike Schmidt MVP award winner for the top player in the league with Andrew Stone. If you look at his numbers, he raked in 2019. He hit over 400. Kid could play. We'll just put it that way. We also have the Prospect League 2019 All-Star Ellison Hanna and infielder-slash-pitcher Christopher Jordan back as well with the Cape Catfish. The coaching staff is led by 2019 Prospect League Manager of the Year Steve Larkin, whom a lot of you might not know is actually Hall of Famer Barry Larkin's brother. Assistant coaches Dave Lawson and Josh Meyer round out that solid Cape Catfish coaching staff. Cape Catfish are a team to watch for this year. Do not sleep on them. Next, we'll cover Rex Baseball. Caleb Hannes was named the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Week, uh, one of their new signings. He had a 556 batting average and a 636 on on-base percentage this past week. He had 13 assists, four put outs, and did not commit an error. Ricks Baseball is excited to announce the hiring of former Houston Astros and Chicago White Sox Major League player, A.J. Reed. He's their new head coach. He is a Terre Haute native, and he returns to the Wabash Valley there to help coach the Rex baseball. The Alton River Dragons have added a brand-new scoreboard for Lloyd Hopkins Field. Uh, Alton Parks and Rec and the Alton River Dragons partnered with Nevco in that brand-new scoreboard, and you can see everything that they post there on Facebook. There's a great photo of it. I believe there's also a video, and you can check that out. looks really, really nice. Johnston Millrats have hired quite a bit of uh, coaching staff already here. The field managers, Parker Lynn, he's a background in baseball with California University of Pennsylvania. Pitching coach Scotty Bateman was a director of player personnel analytics for Troy. Hitting coach Greg Kaczynski, he has five years in D1 baseball at Marist College. And he was also part of the 2017 Conference Championships. Volunteer assistant Braden Lackey coached high school and travel baseball teams, and he also hosts private fielding and hitting lessons. So they have a solid uh, coaching staff there behind the Johnston Mill Rats for their first season. They'd also like to note that the voices behind the Mill Rats, Jack Michaels has been in radio since 1971 he hosts the morning show there. From 1993 to 2020, George Lucas, not the Star Wars director, but George Lucas, the radio broadcaster, has 30 years in radio and TV broadcasting. He was a PA for the UPJ men's, women's basketball, as well as the UPJ wrestling. And he was also a PA announcer for the Wimber High School. The Millrats also added a brand new video scoreboard there at the Sargent Stadium at the Point. It's the first scoreboard used in the stadium, which turns 95 this year. Very historic baseball stadium. The Lumber Kings have uh, produced a history book that covers their whole history of their team, which goes back, like I said, to 1937. Lots of great info about the team. And uh, when they do come on sale, I will post that in the show notes so that you can pick a copy up and I can pick a copy up. The Normal Cornbelters have announced Matt Durkin is named the new GM, and that happened on this past Monday. Uh, We'll see more information uh, from some of these teams the longer we go through the season, of course. The Chillicothe Paints are coming off on championship season for 2019, but they've got a brand-new manager and pitching coach. They've signed two of the returning players from the 2019 championship team, all-star pitcher Zach Kendall and outfielder Trey Smith. Trey Smith, if you remember, hit the Grand Slam for them in the championship game. Lastly here, the Springfield Sliders. I'd like to mention that they are the last turtle back in the nation and is the only one left played on by a tenant. Uh, back in the 1920s, every facility was built in this way, uh, where it raises the field up quite a bit off of the – Uh, infield uh, and it helps with drainage that kind of went away with the uh, more modern advances with fields uh, as they are now Uh, they're 415 feet deep to the center from second base to center field and it's a four foot drop so if you remember kind of how the pitching mounds were dropped uh, during the 60s or late 60s to the 70s how the pitching mound for Major League Baseball was actually almost a foot higher than it is now. Uh, that kind of is a, is a resemblance to that field. Springfield Sliders were also the top eight last three years in a row by Ballpark Digest for the top ballparks in the nation. So if you're in the, in the area, go check out that Springfield Sliders ballpark. It's a part of history. It's still being played on. One of their players, John Wilgars Jr., just hit his 150th career hit for Delaware State. So congratulations to him. The Sliders are also putting on promotion where they have a crack the vault game being played at every home game for a lucky fan to have a chance to win $100,000 this season. I don't know about you, but I could use $100,000, so go check out those Springfield sliders. Some exciting news for the Prospect League. We have two former players who have just made their Major League debuts within the last month. Ronnie Dawson made his debut for the Astros on April 14th, becoming the 19,941st MLB player in history. Nick Matone, who debuted for the Phillies on April 19th, he became 19,947th in Major League history. Nick Matone's older brother plays for the Cleveland Indians, and he's been in the Major League since 2017. So that's some exciting news for the Prospect League. You never know who's going to be a major leaguer here in the next couple of years. That's one of the great things with the Prospect League. We have a lot of young guys with a lot of great talent who will eventually blossom into major leaguers. We have a whole list there if you go to the Prospect League website of over 150 players who have played for the Prospect League, several of them Hall of Famers. If you would stick around, we have our interview for this week. It's Mr. Jacob Wise. He works with the Chillicothe Paints as well as the Prospect League in media. He's very knowledgeable with baseball and has a background in PA uh, so if you would, stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is this week's interview with uh, Mr. Jacob Wise. He's the Prospect League Media and Technology Director, as well as media and play-by-play for the Chillicothe Paints. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Glad to be uh, part of the first ever episode of the Prospect League podcast.
0: We appreciate you coming on. If you could, uh, just describe what you do and how long you've been with the Prospect League.
1: Yeah, I started in 2009, the very first year of the Prospect League, as an intern for the Chillicothe Paints. Grew up about... 30 miles up the road uh, north of Chillicothe. Always knew there was a team there. Went to a few games for the Paints when uh, I was growing up, when they were a pro team in the Frontier League. Needed an internship in college to uh, graduate, so uh, I I procrastinated, and I reached out to Brian Wickline, who now is the managing partner and the team president and runs the the day-to-day for the Paints at the time, uh, was the general manager, I said, hey, do you need any interns? Uh, I, I'm looking for something this summer. I live close, and uh, I'll do a lot of work for you if you, if you can take me. So he, he took me, and I was fortunate. I wanted to do broadcast. Uh, all of the paints games are on FM radio, uh, have been, I think, since day one back in 1993. And they allowed me, what I did was uh, I worked some in the office during the day and went out to the stadium for the games I took tickets from the time the gates opened to the first pitch. Then I went and got some food, usually a pulled pork sandwich that was fantastic. And then uh, headed up to the press box, and I did the middle innings on the radio uh, with Greg Bigham at the time, who was the, uh, the number one play-by-play guy for the paints. And uh, after that, I graduated college, went and worked for the Slippery Rock Sliders for two years in the prospect league, so 2010 and 2011, I left there after two years, worked in the Frontier League in Rockford for two years, but my boss was Brian, again, from the Paints. Uh, they had a team in the in the Frontier League there in Rockford for a couple of years, and then uh, came back to Ohio after two years and worked for the first two seasons of the Champion City Kings back in the Prospect League. I wanted to get back home in Ohio, and that's when I started working in the Prospect League because – They were looking for someone to help out with some stuff on the website and uh, some other digital things. It just needed somebody else to help out with some of those non-administrative roles. And I was not really doing a whole lot other than announcing baseball games at the time for Champion City. So I kind of took that on. It was much less than what I do now, but uh, it was certainly a good primer. And then after two years in Champion City, I made my way back finally to Chillicothe to to start full-time in 2016. And I've been there ever since. So I do radio play-by-play for the Paints. I do all of our graphic design work, whether it's web or print. A lot of outfield wall signs, uh, schedules, pocket schedules, banners, posters. Uh, if it has a Paints logo on it, it probably came from my computer. And uh, then for the, the league, I'm in charge of all of our official scores. I'm in charge of the league website, the social media um, Player con- there, there's a component of player contracts in there as well, uh, managing everybody's rosters and making sure if they did sign a player and they're eligible to play, that they're on the roster. And, uh, you know, if they need to go on the next day or if there's a transaction, we we kind of go through those. And the Deputy Commissioner, Lisa Bastian, helps me out with, with that stuff if we're on the road. But player contracts keep me pretty busy this time of year as teams are filling out their rosters. But it, it's... It's hard to put a job description together for those uh, those things, but uh, it's certainly a lot of fun, and, and I've always enjoyed being part of this league, which is a really, really good league that I think more people will continue to learn about.
0: And it's, I think it's safe to say that you're pretty much a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to anything baseball-related. or Master of none. Master of none. There we go. Uh, I, I know me personally, I always loved uh, listening to radio broadcasts and uh, play-by-play announcers. They bring a lot to the game. Uh, you know, did you ha- is that something you always wanted to do, or was this something that you were always interested in? I know yeah, actually, I didn't I go to college that. or anything for, it, but I, I do a podcast, and I think that's for, for me that's the next best thing that I can do.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's something that I I wanted to do from an early age. I was playing football and basketball and baseball as an eight year old, which you know a lot of us have done. And one day, my mom asked me what I wanted to be when I when I grew up, and I said I want to be a professional. Athlete, and she said, "Well, that's great, and uh, it's a great goal to have, but you need to have a backup plan. You might get hurt, or somebody might not recruit you, or or whatever." It was never you never you might not be good enough, (laughs) which ultimately was the case uh, pretty early on. But you know, I took that. I said, I thought it for about three seconds, and I said, "Well, if I can't play sports, I want to talk about them." And from that point on, I I always spent as much time looking in the press box as I I did down on the field, whichever event I was at would kind of call play-by-play if I was watching a game or playing a game what, you know in the dugout between innings or whatever, just kind of practicing that and uh, watching games on TV and that kind of thing, and uh, finally got to go to school for it. I got a little bit of radio. I didn't play basketball my senior year of high school, and that kind of broke me into radio. There was a local station that carried high school games, so I got my first taste of real play-by-play then and uh, doing some sports talk. And then I went to college in uh, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, a small school there, because they had a great sports broadcasting program and a 30-foot TV production truck, their own on-campus radio station. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't not go there. And then after my sophomore year, they hired Lanny for Terry to be the advisor of the you know, sports broadcasting focus within the communication department. Lanny for Terry was the Pittsburgh pirates radio play-by-play guy for 33 years. So (laughs) that worked out pretty well uh, also. And it's just been something that no matter what's going on, when you put the headset on, you sit down, you look out on the field, it just, it makes everything else go away. It's kind of like a little slice of heaven for you. No matter what else is going on, you can just sit down and call a game and hopefully bring some entertainment and some joy to the people listening.
0: Now, there's, is there a particular person that you model your broadcast after, say, like Jack Buck or Harry Carey or Jack Brickhouse or Vin Scully or any of those guys like that?
1: I mean, Vin's the greatest ever. Uh, I don't know if anybody will have any success trying to model themselves after
0: right. Vin. Uh, Red obviously Barber. Early on,
1: obviously, early on, you have your influences that you kind of model calls after, and you uh, you know, you, you get things from different announcers that you like and you try to incorporate into your broadcasts. And, you know, Lanny one time told us, he said, don't try to be the next Jack Buck or Harry Carey or whatever. Try to be the next Jacob Wise. Try to be the next who you are, because only you can be you and only that person can be them. So just be who you are and you can take influences. I grew up listening to Paul Keels do Ohio State football and basketball, who is still unbelievably good. Um, Tom Hamilton I'm a Cleveland Indians fan soon to be Cleveland baseball team whatever they end up being but Tom Hamilton I think is fantastic Um, Marty Brenneman obviously living in Ohio the big AM station you can hear at night several states away even so uh, always enjoyed listening to Reds games when Marty Brenneman was there so I mean there are there are people that that come to mind when I think of play-by-play broadcasters but I don't I don't think that I really model my style after any one person
0: now with the uh, prospect league coming up here we have opening day just a couple of weeks away is there anything that the prospect league itself is uh doing to help uh maybe bolster uh attendance or anything like that you know to get to get people ready for the prospect league to start again because i know we missed 2020 and uh, 2019 was the last year that we were operational and um
1: it's It was it was certainly a kick in the gut in twenty twenty, and you know we weren't the only ones in that boat. We tried to push the season back. We looked at uh, you know, now I I I wasn't involved in these discussions, but I say we, um, the league looked at trying to find a way to to play however possible. Whether you know some some larger leagues played in pods where the same three teams played each other all the time, but there was nothing. There just wasn't anything that was feasible to make happen and make it make sense for the league. So obviously we're excited to get back on the field here in just a, a few weeks. But most of the promotion stuff is, is really left up to the teams and, and what they do in their individual markets. They're all different. Um, the way our league is actually set up is there's a board of directors. Each direct, There's a director from each team, and they make the decisions for the league uh kind of under the guidance of our commissioner and deputy commissioner and, and and things different things work in different markets so you know what we do in Chillicothe to to get ready for the paint season is different than what Cape might do to get ready for the catfish season or what the Dans might do in Danville or or wherever in the Prospect League but i can tell you this every every one of the 16 league uh, team offices around the Prospect League is uh, full bore right now trying to make sure that there are people at the ballpark come May 27th.
0: Now we know that Chillicothe came off the uh, 2019 championship uh, winning season there. Is there anybody from that team that's returning or anybody that's uh, newly signed that we might want to look forward to see this year?
1: Yeah, we got, we have two players coming back from the 2019 championship season, which was an unbelievable season started the year two and seven Went 41-14 and 14 down the stretch. Lost the first game of the the three-game playoff series at home. And then went to Cape Girardeau and won both of those. Uh, and the guy who hit the Grand Slam in that game from Sykeston, which is just down the road from Cape Girardeau, had a bunch of family uh, at, the, at the game that night. Uh, Trey Smith out of the University of Indianapolis is coming back. Um, so that's a big get, especially just from a, a fan perspective, when we posted that he was coming back, it got it got quite a bit of traction on social media, uh, which is always nice when you're trying to get people thinking about Paints Baseball leading up to a season, especially after not having a season the year before. And then Zach Kendall, a uh, pitcher who was a Prospect League All-Star in 2019 out of the University of Rio Grande, an in NAIA, in NAIA school in Southern Ohio. And uh, Zach was one of the league leaders in ERA among starting pitchers. Strikes out a lot of guys, throws into the low 90s, uh, really good off speed that's about 8 to 10 miles per hour slower than his fastball and uh, keeps, people, keeps hitters off balance. Really excited for both of those players to come back. Uh, but just the nature of Prospect League and, and college summer baseball in general is you don't, get a lot of, you don't get a lot of returning players. You might get four or five on a, a really big year um, in terms of player retention. And it's for a various number of reasons they may want to go play in a different league, just to have a different experience, not that they had a bad one in our league, but just to have some different scenery, have a different situation, they may want to play closer to home, they may go play in the Cape Cod League, they may um, graduate and not you know, they might get drafted. You, that That happens too. So uh, it's hard to get players to come back for multiple seasons, and you do get those guys that are two, three uh, years. I think we even had a guy play four years for us. Uh, which was really, really cool. But those are few and far between, so you just try to build out your roster as best you can each and every season. And, you know, defending champs doesn't mean a whole lot in that case. So the Paints have uh, their work cut out for them for sure here in 2021.
0: And we have some of the guys who are, you know, our standout players for the prospect league (laughs) end up actually going to the major leagues. We just had two guys debut within the past month or so uh, that made their their major league debut. We have Ronnie Dawson and and Nick Matone, whose older brother pitches for the Cleveland Indians. Nick debuted for the Phillies, and uh, Ronnie debuted for the Astros. I believe Ronnie got a hit in his first at-bat or within the first game there.
1: At least in his first game, yeah. Yeah. And and Ronnie, I I can't speak to what Nick was when he played in Springfield, but I was working for Slippery Rock. I believe no, 2014 I would have been in Champion City, so Champion City Kings, only an hour away from Chillicothe when Ronnie was playing in Chillicothe. So we saw him a lot, and every night that I saw Ronnie play, he was the best player on the field, and it was not close. I was—I like to say that really good players make the field sm- look smaller, and Ronnie, the bases looked like they were 30 feet apart, and the 400-foot to center field looked like it was 150 feet, and it was like he was playing on a little league field. Not a guy for an opposing team that you wanted to come up to bat in a game-winning situation If you were, if you were – Uh, playing or working for the other team, but Ronnie was was an exceptional player at Ohio State and in Chillicothe and throughout his minor league career, and it's really, really cool to see him break in and make his big league debut and have success there, and I think that's a name that uh, certainly
0: Astro fans will have to keep an eye on. Definitely. I know on the Prospect League website, we have a running list of at least 150 guys who have made their major league debuts uh, since playing with the, the Prospect League, and we have, you know... Uh, Hall of Famers as well on that list, you know, uh, not necessarily Hall of Famer, but Rick Rushel, one of the greatest pitchers, not in the Hall of Fame, uh, has played, you know, within the prospect league. Uh, you know, you just never know who you're, who you're going to watch that's going to develop into these great players down the road. And I think that's what's great about the prospect league—you get to see these guys while they're still young, and eventually they will blossom into these these excellent players. Ben Zobris is another one who just recently retired from the major leagues.
1: Yeah, and and you don't. You can get an inkling of uh, which players have a shot, and especially if it's a pitcher. It's easy to tell because when they take the mound, there's 17 radar guns behind home plate. <laughs> they show up for those guys for sure. Uh, but you know, three or four years down the road, after a, a guy plays for your prospect league team, you hear a name pop up, hey, this guy just made his major league debut, JT Brubaker, last year for the Pirates. And mm-hmm. He he might be their ace um, this year on that Pirate staff. And... He's a prospect league guy. He played for two different teams in the prospect league. And it just, there's so many good baseball players at so many different levels of college baseball. D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, whatever. And they need a place to play. And the prospect league is so competitive. The wood bats, the travel, we play six nights a week. It, it kind of puts you through a mini minor league baseball grinder and guys find out if that's what they want to do and the ones that do a lot of them get a chance to play professional baseball in one one form or another. But even the guys that don't make their major league debuts are, are usually still pretty darn good baseball players and uh, are a lot of fun to watch. So I always encourage people to check out your local prospect league team. If you don't have a prospect league team close, you probably have a college wood bat summer league somewhere nearby. It's worth, it's worth a shot to check that out because the athletes that you see are phenomenal. And a lot of these guys say, you know, if they were born in another country that didn't have college baseball, they might be in, in single in low A right now or rookie ball right now playing, you know, before all this minor league baseball contraction. And, and you know, that's a whole nother series of podcasts there, but. These are guys that, that most of them have the talent to play at that level. It's just they need to be seen, and part of that is what the Prospect League provides as well.
0: And you were saying about other countries. We do have several guys who are from other countries that do play for the Prospect League. I know Cape Catfish had a guy, I think was from the Bahamas,
1: yeah.
0: uh, that played for them last uh, Ellison, season. Hannah? Yeah, Hannah. Is there anybody else Hannah, that, though, that you can yeah. remember that um, was from well, out of state? That
1: would be a guy to keep an eye on too. Ellison, pretty good, pretty good baseball That's player. That's what I'd heard, yeah. Um, Curtis Washington there for Cape also. I think he's coming back, so uh, Cape should be pretty good this year. I know that will make some people happy. But, uh, yeah, we get guys from Canada. I think Springfield at one point had two players signed from Taiwan, but I don't think they're going to be able to make it this summer uh, for you know no fault of their own. But uh, I don't think that will work out. But there is an effort there to, to bring in a little international talent as well. And most of the time it's in the form of an exchange student they may be playing in the US somewhere for college but they're from the Dominican Republic or Venezuela or Canada or or wherever and they they find themselves in the prospect league and usually if if they didn't if they weren't born here usually those guys are are really really good too because they've left their country to go play baseball in the US and and you don't usually do that unless you're pretty good.
0: Right. Like me growing up, I remember when Ichiro debuted. I mean, that was such an amazing thing to see a guy from Japan, Hideo Nomo, another one, you know. Uh, these guys, yeah, they bring about, a whole you know, nother level.
1: Stuff too. Yeah, it was always big news.
0: Right. Bring, they bring a new level and different type of playing, you know, see how they hit, how they bat, how they feel. It's, it's a little bit different because of their style they're playing from where they're from. And it's always interesting to watch that. I love to the, the see guys from other countries that come in and just you know, just play. It's awesome to, to see that. Now, now on top of everything that you do uh, with the Chillicothe Paints and uh, the Prospect League, you also have a, a podcast as well.
1: Yeah, it's new. Our uh, first episode is scheduled to come out May 24th. It's called Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints baseball podcast. And it's uh, going to be very similar to this Prospect League podcast, but obviously just geared towards the Paints. We have a, a rabid fan base in Chillicothe that always wants more information and that's uh, our attempt to try to meet them with that and you can find it you know typical podcast fashion Apple podcast Google podcast Spotify stitcher um, on our website on our free mobile app uh, that you can download for Apple or Android Uh, just search Chillicothe paints you'll find it but the uh, podcast horsing around just kind of making a play off of our mascot chief crazy horse uh who is literally a paint horse walking around at the ballpark and we feel like
0: we'll uh, have some fun with that for sure you were talking about hungry fans we've got brand new teams to the league we got, was it four teams and uh four new teams and, and one new, moved
1: in uh, six new markets
0: yeah i mean so prospect league's expanding guys and like we have said, if you can't find one near you i'm sure there's one probably within 150 miles or so sure. of you uh, if you live in the midwest here where we're at
1: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, league expansion is always something we're we're trying to look at. We're trying to find more teams in the eastern side because, you know, we're kind of spread out over here in the East Division, but uh it's it's a little harder on this side of the map. But we're happy to, you know, add a team like Johnstown, Pennsylvania, the Mill Rats to the league this year. Helps us out on this side and renews an old frontier league rivalry between the Paints and uh a Johnstown team. So it'll be fun to Head over there to Sergeant Stadium for the first time. But uh, any new teams we can get is, is always a lot of fun. We got the uh, Alton River Dragons uh, over in Illinois. We have, help me out here. Burlington. Burlington, and Bees and Lumber Kings out of uh, the, the Midwest League with uh, minor league contraction. We're happy to take those, those two teams. Fantastic operations, great ballparks. Will be unbelievable additions to the prospect league here in, in 2021. Um, I'm missing somebody. We got Alton, Burlington, Clinton, Johnson. That's four. We got them all. (laughs) And then, uh, obviously, Hannibal, after the 2019 season, moved because they had issues with the Mississippi backing up and flooding their ballpark in Hannibal to O'Fallon, Missouri, which has been a Frontier League professional ballpark for the last several years. It was built for them in... Uh, O'Fallon, CarShield Field, gorgeous ballpark, is going to be a fantastic situation for them and for the prospect league. And uh, DuPage moving because they played at a college field. They were not going to be able to play this year if they stayed um, up in Lyle. So they're down in Peru, Illinois, and uh, looking for a long-term situation there too. And knowing the folks that run that team, they're going to make a, a pretty good swing at it and make a, a fun run uh, where they are. And they'll, they'll make it a, a good game day experience. So I think the league's probably never been stronger. 16 teams for the first time ever. We have two different conferences. We're East and West. And each of those have two divisions within them. So four, four team divisions. And that also helps out with travel where in Chillicothe, we're never driving to Cape Girardeau unless it's for a prospect league championship. We play the three other teams in our division mostly. And then a few other teams in the other Eastern side division, um, which is the Wabash river division. We're in the Ohio river Valley division, still getting used to the new uh, division names, but uh, it helps out with travel helps out with taking care of players. It helps out with costs and all, all the, all the different things involved, but 16 teams, four divisions. It's going to be interesting to see how it all breaks down this year.
0: And I was looking on the prospect leagues website. I think it was like eight or nine hours between Chillicothe and uh, Cape Girardeau. So we have a huge – our Prospect League like encompasses a huge part of the United States all the way from Iowa, Missouri, all the way up to, I think, Pennsylvania. I think it's, it's
1: – so it's, it's Johnstown, PA, western Pennsylvania on the east, all the way to – it's either Clinton or Burlington, I think, that is the farthest west in Iowa. And then north, you know, you go well, – it was all the way up to nearly Chicago. You're still not much farther south than Chicago, 50 miles maybe – and then you go all the way down to Beckley, West Virginia, which is the southern, basically the southern tip of West Virginia. So it's a huge footprint. If you go to prospectleague.com, you can see our map there. It's a massive footprint. It takes uh, up a footprint. third
0: of the United States, I would yeah, think. I mean,
1: it's, we're, the prospect league is becoming one of the premier leagues in college summer baseball. And, and it's getting to a point now where it's big enough where. You can't ignore us. <laughs> we're, we're If you're somewhere in the Midwest, uh, you, you can find somebody close that, that plays in the prospect league.
0: Now, do you have anything that you would like to plug or uh, mention or anything like that before we wrap this up?
1: Just the podcast, Horsin' Around, uh, Chillicothe Paints Baseball on all your different podcast platforms. We're going to do new episodes on Mondays because those are off days, just like the uh, prospect league podcast here. And uh, you know, give this one a few chances because I think throughout the season that, that this prospect league podcast is going to be a lot of fun with the various people that I know you're going to talk to. I think we have uh commissioner, Dennis Bastian coming up maybe next week. Yes. And uh, then getting into all of the teams and whether it be managers or players or staff members, I think it's going to give fans an opportunity to kind of see a side of the prospect league that they don't normally get. And I'm really excited to follow along with that as well. And, again uh just very uh happy to be the first guest here.
0: We appreciate it we hope to bring some uh fun and exciting things uh with this podcast and uh with our guests. Uh we have, I mean, former major league baseball players that are uh, employed here within the Prospect League. Uh, AJ Reed just got signed uh as a um, as a manager per se uh for uh, Terre Haute, which he's uh, he he lives there so it's he's local to that team. Um but uh, Gerald
1: Laird, Laird, is Gerald Laird, Sistel Laird Sistel just got Laird. hired as well. Yeah, shrimp.
0: And I believe uh, Springfield or one of the other teams has um, is Eric Hillman, which is the only other seven-foot-tall baseball player uh, pitcher <laughs> other than Randy Johnson. So we have all kinds of talent here within the Prospect League, uh, former Major League players, you know, new guys up and coming. It's a real exciting time for baseball and the Prospect League itself. Uh, we just want to thank Mr. Jacob Wise coming on the show today. And uh, we hope the best for him with uh, the Chilla Coffee. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Roll paints. And we will wrap this up right on the other side. Thank you for sticking around. I want to thank you for listening. I hope to bring you more exciting news and interviews all season long about your favorite prospect league teams. Please do remember that all information about the prospect league can be found at prospectleague.com. I'll link that in the show notes below just a couple weeks from now. We have opening day, which is on May 27th. We have the following matchups on day one, Burlington versus Clinton Rex baseball and O'Fallon pistol shrimp and normal Quincy and Springfield Cape catfish and Alton Danville and champion city, West Virginia and Johnston, Lafayette, and Chillicothe. If you'd like to write in and ask a question, or if you have a comment, please feel free to leave me a note at, Ryan at ProspectLeague.com. Remember, you can listen to us on every streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Amazon Music, and many more. Leaving us a review and rating helps us let us know that you're enjoying the show. Until next week, this has been Ryan signing off. We'll see you at the ballpark.